Hey guys, welcome to yet another exciting episode of the Lejak Show, where we discuss journeys and uh, the lifestyle, how people have made decisions, professionals to entrepreneurs to everyone exciting in the industry. And today, I'm very excited to have Mr. Mohit on board, who has been an experienced person when it comes to hospitality. He started his career from the Aubrey uh, Hotels and. Uh, just recently two years back he started a venture of his own which is an amazing startup the columbia community where where you know he is focusing on real estate for senior professionals and i think you know it, it won't do uh, any justice than the person himself all of this on our platform welcome mohit to the Lejak show thank you thank you vishesh good to be here yeah, Mohit, so, you know, our listeners would be excited to know how has your journey been so far. It would be great to, you know, start by introducing yourself to us. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, and I'm flattered that listeners will want to know what I've been up to all my life. Uh, I'm 55 years old now. Uh, I was married at 23, a father at 24. So um, husband to my wife and father to two lovely daughters. Uh, that's on the, uh, my, my children are now, babies, uh, and therefore we are empty nesters, uh, and have been empty nesters now for the last seven years, which really is about therefore living life all over again, because all the responsibilities have been fulfilled and one can live life to the fullest. Uh, why I make special mention to this will become more evident as I go into my career. On the professional side, I uh, studied hotel management from an institute in Delhi called PUSA. Uh, and thereafter, was very fortunate to be selected for the Oberoi management program. Uh, joined the Oberoi group in 1986 and stayed with them on, for the next 31 years. Uh, was very fortunate to work in 14 different assignments over these 31 years in uh, India, many cities in India, in Egypt, even within Egypt, I worked on the Nile on a, on a cruiser and of course in their capital city, Cairo, worked in Mauritius uh, and had a wonderful, wonderful career with the company uh, who were very kind and supportive to me and my family. And then uh, in 2000, and 18 uh, took the decision to move to the new company that we have, uh, we, that I'm currently associated with, uh, which is an American company uh, called Columbia Pacific Communities. And what we do is we, we are, one third of us is real estate because we acquire land and we design communities with uh, senior citizens as the core of our <clears throat> existence. Uh, once they are complete and sold, we then stay on to provide all the services, everything from security to housekeeping to food and beverage, uh, engineering support, concierge services. So the entire gamut of being able to live life to the fullest without worrying about uh, anything uh, for your day-to-day -day requirements. And one third of us is then healthcare, where we provide all the medical support that uh, our residents may need over the 30, 40, 50 years that they stay with us, uh, whether they are there, those are their medical needs for today or as they change over time and as they age. 
So really, this is the part of our, this is a new, um, even on my LinkedIn profile, you can see a, a quote that I quite like, which is, it says, it's a Chinese proverb which says that the best time to plant a tree or a seed for a tree is 30 years back, and the second time is now. So having worked 30 years in hospitality, I then decided to take the plunge and make a move uh, to this new company where I not only get to practice everything that I've learned over 30 years, but also to do new things. And most importantly, be able to serve a demographic that is becoming increasingly large, uh, a demographic that is becoming increasingly lonely as children move out in pursuit of their careers, and a demographic that actually needs the solution that we are now bringing across the country. So that's essentially, you ask a short question of an introduction and I give you a whole life story. So uh, it's, you know, really interesting, Mohit, in a generation where relationships do not last even 31 days, we here as a person who lasted with the Opera Group for 31 years of his life, which is an amazing thing to know of. So uh, Mohit, uh, I got to know you recently told us that, you know, you pursued your postgraduate diploma with Opera School, and then you started your career from there on. How did it feel to stick with an organization? Because right now we see these young professionals saying that, okay, you got to make the switch as early as possible to get to the you know, next best possible stage. So how do you, you know, uh, evaluate that on the basis that, you know, you, as a professional, you have stayed with the same organization for 31 years. How, how do you compare these two paradigms, like shifting uh, organizations very early and seeing that, you know, how uh, better traction and better uh, professionalism you can get? Or sticking to an organization and seeing it evolve along with you. How has been the, uh, you know, the experience been like? I mean, <clears throat> on the surface, it looks like two different things. That there is a person who stays in one company for 31 years. And there are people today who change every year and a half to two years. Uh, and on the surface, it does look like it's, it's two very different things. But actually, if you see the motivation for change, uh, whether it was in my case or whether it is in the case of uh, what we call the youth today, is the same. They are looking for growth. And growth is not always financial growth or designation-related growth. What they're looking for is intellectual expansion, learning, new opportunities, new experiences. <clears throat> Nobody wants to get old and stale. Uh, and therefore, the motivators for change, whether in my case or in the case today, have always been the same. As long as I'm learning, as long as I'm growing, and as long as I'm intellectually stimulated and working for somebody that I love, uh, and if I don't, then I will change. In my case, in 31 years with the Oberoi group, I never felt the need to change because my the opportunity for new experiences never stopped. Like I told you, I was 31 years in the company, but I had 14 different assignments, uh, which is an average of about two, two and a half years per assignment. And as you get more senior, you tend to stay longer in those assignments. So actually every year and a half to two years, I did get the opportunity for a new experience. I did get the opportunity for new learning. I did get the opportunity to add to myself and to uh, give my family the opportunity to, to travel and be in new places. And I worked for a company in whose ideals and values that I truly believed in. And therefore, 
whilst it appears on the surface that I was in the same company, I actually have had more experiences, more opportunities because the company provided them to me. Uh, and like I said, I, if you look at the number of cities I work and different hotels of different sizes with different complexities that I worked in India, whether it was the Novotel brand, the Trident brand or the Oberoi brand, um, I worked in places as far east as Bhubaneswar, as far west as Ahmedabad, as up in the north as Delhi, and as down in the south as uh, actually the southernmost that I went was when I was general manager at the Oberoi in Mumbai. So that's in India. Then I worked for two stints in Egypt, once on the Nile, once in Cairo and uh, in Mauritius. So when you get so much opportunity, you really don't need to change. And even today, I'm convinced people leave jobs not because they want more money. If they are doing a good job, there is no reason why they shouldn't get more money in the company they are in. People leave jobs either because they don't like their immediate reporting manager or they don't vibe with the mission or the mission statement of the company, or they truly believe that their learning has come to an end. And if these three are not met, then they will look for another job. And anybody looking for a job will naturally look for a higher salary. We make the mistake of thinking that the person moves for salary. The person actually moves for one of the three. Learning has stopped, terrible manager, or a company with whose stated mission they either don't agree or the stated mission and actual work on the shop floor is different. Uh, these are the three biggest drivers for people to move. And I never had any of those three in the company that I worked for 31 years. So that's an, that's an amazing insight, Mohit. And yet another shot on the company's culture. The values that you bring in, the kind of culture that you let your employees and uh, let your people grow with, and the kind of ownership they have in their work, that they believe in what we are doing as a whole company, is, is really important, is really uh, eminent to have that kind of success in your organization. And, and you know, while Mohit was talking about that uh, he was in Obra Mumbai. So, uh, Mohit, what was the timeline when you were in Mumbai as a general manager? Uh, I was in at the Oberoi Mumbai from 2005 to 2008. From 5 to 8. Uh, so, Mohit, over this time, you must have made a lot of relationships at Oberoi Mumbai. And very unfortunately, you know, just uh, two years after you moved out in uh, uh, the attacks of uh, 2611, we saw the Oberoi Mumbai just uh, having a major blow on themselves and uh, along with Taj. So uh, it should have impacted uh, the organization as a whole. So as uh, you moved out from the Opera Mumbai, you moved out to Egypt, I guess. Right? That's correct. And I should correct you here. I moved to Egypt in January 2009. The attacks took place on 26th of November yeah. 2008. So I was at the hotel when that happened. So uh, to me, it was a very real, very personal thing. Uh, and, and not something that I particularly enjoy talking about. So unless there is a specific question you have, I'd much rather not go into an area which was extremely painful for me. So uh, Mohit, when you moved out uh, from the opera in 2018, how was the experience and uh, the reaction of people that uh, after such period of time with the organization, now you are moving out to do something entirely different? I mean, people who knew me, uh, people who knew me and knew that what I was moving for and the reasons I was moving out 
I think they were very understanding of the entire thing. Uh, people who don't know me or didn't uh, understand the reasons for which I had moved out, uh, quite ob obviously had their own opinions on it. Uh, and equally obviously, their opinions don't matter to me. I don't mean that with uh, with, with any conceit or, or superciliousness. Listen, there comes a time in every person's uh, life journey when a material change or a, or, or a big change becomes necessary. Sometimes the change is desired, sometimes it is not. In my case, all I can say is it happened at just the right time for me. This opportunity that I came by was also exactly what fitted. You know, sometimes there is a saying that 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 goes, and I'm paraphrasing here, which says that sometimes your entire life and what you do in life prepares you for what you were really meant to do in life, right? And Columbia Pacific Communities to me is, is that opportunity. It appears to me that everything that I did leading up to 2018 was to help prepare me for what I'm doing today. And for that, I can never be more grateful. So, uh, Mohit, here's an interesting thing that most of the entrepreneurs today, especially the young ones, they do kind of always have this kind of backlash uh, from their parents, from their friends, from their relatives about when they start to take the plunge from uh, being in a sophisticated environment, uh, be it for academia, be it for their organizations that they have worked with. And when they start to move out or when they decide not to do the things that have been conventionally told them to do, then there is a lot more splurge from families, friends, relatives. How do you think that you know a, a young entrepreneur should combat that? Well, I'm again not the best person to give you advice on that because whilst I am semi-entrepreneurial in what I'm currently doing, uh, really our promoters are the Columbia Pacific Group based out of Seattle. So we are essentially an American company with an Indian arm. Uh, and... Therefore, the quantum of risk that I have taken is, is nothing compared to the situation that you are describing. That having been said, what has stood me in good stead in, in my current assignment and in any entrepreneurial role that you wish to take are two things. Number one, be completely committed to the, to the objective that you're setting out to, be, to do. Uh, dual, I am I am not a big fan of people who jump into things underprepared. You know, a lot of people say once don't give it too much thought. If we, if you've sorted out fifty percent of the things, uh, you'll be good to go. Probably it is my hospitality background. Probably it's got to do with what I was taught. Uh, the devil lies in the detail, and the more you can prepare yourself before you take the plunge, the better chance you have of success. So idea number one would be be clear on what you want to be, prepare well for it before you take the plunge. Idea number two or thought number two or advice number two is be prepared for nothing to go as per plan. That's where the, the entrepreneur's natural instincts to be able to ride the waves uh, will come into being. My favorite story is that of a jellyfish. You know, a lot of people call a jellyfish to be something that uh, doesn't have a backbone. But the fact of the matter is mm -hmm. nothing rides the waves better than a jellyfish. 
you will never see a jellyfish being thrown around here and there because it is able to ride the waves. And being a jellyfish is not a good thing. But to be able to react to changing situations like a jellyfish is actually uh, a, a, a virtue and it is a quality that any good entrepreneur should possess. So be a jellyfish, learn better and think before you start your plunge. 100%. So these have been, you know, amazingly thought, Mohit. So uh, let's talk about specifically this Columbia Pacific Communities Initiative that you have. What what's going on over there right now? It has been two years and eleven months since since you started it, almost three years now. So so uh, what has been uh, from the day you started till now? The journey has been like. So one of the I mean, as a first thing, what we need to understand is that Columbia Pacific Communities is in the business of creating, serving, and managing communities that are designed with seniors in mind hmm. when you do that a lot of people equate it to old age homes where which have got a very um, actually undeserving reputation of being a place full of misery where people who have no other option are staying and that's not necessarily true if you were to look at the demographic in India between the age group of 50 to 70, you will find that a lot of people in urban areas especially are staying alone already because they have educated their children extremely well and allowed them, in fact, encouraged them to follow their careers to wherever it took them. And as a result of which, a lot of them are staying alone on their own. What we need for people in this demographic is a community where friends are only an elevator right away, where your day is packed with so many activities in a social environment that you, the term we use for it at Columbia Community Communities is positive aging, whereby you are socially engaged in a manner that you remain physically strong, mentally alert, and intellectually engaged for a much longer period and therefore healthier for longer uh, as, as you age. Now, to be able to do this, the first thing that we did in the last three years was to acquire a company whereby we were able to get the opportunity to serve 1,600 homes spread across nine communities in five cities. So the last two and a half years, we've spent the time to understand what works well in senior living communities in India. What can we do to make the overall experience of our residents better with each passing day, month and year? Uh, and the idea, therefore, is to take uh, the, the learnings that we have got from the last two and a half years and incorporate them as we go further into designing and building more communities. So we are already uh, having the privilege of serving 1,600 homes in our nine communities. Uh, we have the absolute honor of, therefore, uh, being able to be responsible for them and, be, uh, and, and to their children. We then have now uh, signed two joint ventures already. The first one is with 
the embassy group whereby we will be creating senior living communities in all the places where embassy group has a footprint. Uh, hopefully that's a, a thousand crore joint venture whereby we will be adding in the next four to five years about nine more communities uh, in, in the country. In addition, we have another joint venture and a project under design in Pune with the Nerthi group. And hopefully we will do a lot of good work with them in Pune and Maharashtra. Uh, that besides, we have our own community currently already launched in Bangalore called the Virtuoso Club and Service Residences. And the response to our nine communities where we have a huge demand, uh, which has only accelerated after the COVID crisis and uh, the success of the Virtuoso in Bangalore. So that's what we are doing. Uh, Touchwood, we have grown, we are now about 700 people in the company and uh, really, really privileged to be able to make a difference in the life of so many people uh, and to be able to create hopefully a company that in time will become, it's already India's largest, but in time will become the region's largest and most preferred community for seniors. Uh, that's the vision. Uh, and I must say, I'm really privileged to have a team that's driving us full force towards it. Yeah, that, that sounds amazing. One thing that I understood from all of this was that uh, this particular Columbia Pacific Community Initiative that we have is a mixture of real estate, community building, as well as hospitality. So uh, as a package, as a whole for the uh, senior uh, people living in our uh, communities now, how do you think that this all is venturing out? Well, what is one thing that we are looking at? Because uh, on the one side, we say that India has the largest population of the youngest people. And then the other, on the other hand, we see that when these uh, we have so many young people, people are leaving the homes because of their careers, because of life choices they have, and the kind of globalization we are seeing. So how do you think that this shift is going to impact Columbia Pacific community as a whole? I, I'm really happy you've asked that question. The millennials and the younger demographic is obviously... Uh, on top of everybody's mind that we have a very young population. What, what people don't realize is that we are having uh, a very rapidly aging population as well. It is said that by 2050, the number of people over 60 and the number of people below 35 will be the same, uh, which tells you how massive this entire population is going to be. You've already stated how children in pursuit of their careers are moving out. And therefore, the number of people staying alone is increasing hugely. What happened then is that as people age, two things happen. Number one, their social circle keeps restricting in diameter with their ability to move about. As it is, you can see traffic is only increasing. Parking spaces are only decreasing. Uh, traffic discipline is only getting worse. And therefore, the distance seniors can venture out of their homes starts to become dependent on so many things that are not in their control. Traffic, parking, driver came, didn't come, somebody scratched the car, etc. And therefore, their ability to go out and socialize keeps getting restricted. And it is only a matter of time before they end up only on their sofa in front of a TV with a remote control. And loneliness is the biggest accelerator of aging, which is why communities, and that word is important, communities that allow seniors to socially engage, which means you are 
one elevator right away from your friends. You have one group with whom you go for your morning walk, a second group with whom you have your breakfast, a third group with whom you read the newspapers and discuss politics or sports, a fourth group with whom you play bridge or rummy, a fifth group with whom you have a drink, and a sixth group with which you watch your IPL match. That's what keeps you active and engaged. Whilst all of this is happening, your housekeeping needs, your shopping needs, your maintenance needs, your security needs, your food and beverage needs, your dining needs, your medical needs are all looked after by one service provider in the background. So you don't have to worry about any of that. The key thing, Vishesh, that we need to understand is that one, one, when we are young, we have all the time, but not the money. When we are earning and in the peak of our careers, we have all the money, but none of the time. It's the urban senior demographic today that has both the money and the time. And it's high time that businesses, the country, and the marketeers start to realize that this is a demographic that really, really, really must need to be focused on. All this while, where we are coming from is, give us your worries, give us your headaches, let us look after the medical side of your requirements. You just focus on being and doing all that you wanted to do but could not because you were fulfilling your responsibilities first to your children, then to your job, then to your parents, then to society, then to the country. Now it's time to really look after yourselves and please allow us the privilege to do that for you. And, and that has been, you know, amazingly said, Mohit. Thank you, Vishesh. Yeah, it's, it's as an industry, I can only see us becoming bigger and bigger because the demand is unending. As our promoter once said to us that if India will run out of bricks and mortar, but it will not run out of demand for senior living communities. As an industry, the demand is so high that I can actually see the growth of this industry being exponential, both from a demand point of view and as more and more developers start to look at this uh, niche category as something that they should add to their portfolios. Okay. As our promoter said to us, uh, India will run out of bricks and cement, but it will not run out of demand for senior living communities. And, and that is, you know, how, how the industry always, uh, you know, visualizes these things. From, from an outsender, outsending point of view, I've seen that, you know, Mohit, your work has been really impactful when it comes to how hospitality sector has grown uh, so far. One thing that, uh, Mohit, you think that, you know, all of us make mistakes in our lives, which let, let us, you know, learn a lot. So, so one mistake that uh, you would like to tell to our audience that, you know, how it would have been better if that mistake or, you know, that particular choice that you made would not have turned out uh, that way. Any, th any learning that you would like to share with our audience? Listen, I've thought about, when you're 55 years old, you've, you've thought about this question a lot. And therefore, I have not one, but two mistakes that I'm very happy to share with you uh, so that nobody else makes those mistakes. And the first one is to educate yourself well. Uh, and when I say educate yourself well, I mean, do yourself an undergrad degree, work for a little time, and then do a postgrad degree in your field of choice. Uh, it doesn't need to be an MBA. It doesn't need to be uh, anything of that nature. But please continue to educate yourself throughout your career. 
it's only in India that we have this paradigm of you must study till class 12 and then you must do your graduation and then immediately after that you must do your post graduation. Hmm. If there is one thing that I've learned, A, no amount of education is enough and B, it doesn't end in the first one third of your life. It must continue throughout. The second bit that I would say to people is never forget work-life balance. There is no point uh, working so hard that you burn out. There is no, no point trying to win the rat race because as one of my bosses told me, even when you win the rat race, you are still a rat. Uh, and that's no joke. And, and you know, it, it can't be more appropriate than that. So, so even if you, you know, you work out well, you do everything that has been mentioned to you conventionally told that, okay, this is the path that you should take. And then you're still a rat. And, and I think that that is one of the most beautiful things that we uh, had on this podcast show. So, well, so, Mohit, uh, so, so Mohit, one uh, thing that, you know, you would like to tell to entrepreneurs, both uh, young and the elder ones like you, what, what is one uh, thing that you would like to suggest to them that uh, what should they do? Well, uh, again, a subject that, that's dear to me, and it's, it's, I recommend to anybody who's listening a book called, uh, I'm again paraphrasing, but the book basically says companies that mom would like. Whenever, and it's something that we do in our company as well, or we try and do in our company, when we are designing, we ask ourselves, what kind of home should we design? What kind of community should we design? And we ask ourselves, what if our parents were going to be living in that community? What would we be doing? And whatever we would do for our parents, we must do it for our business. Because at the end of the day, those are the people who are staying there. And the second thing is, uh, is, is our service karma, which is based around the principle of unconditional love, respect, and care for all our stakeholders, starting with, of course, our residents, uh, our, our team members, and everybody that we deal with. In every interaction that we have, we must exhibit the values of unconditional love, respect, and care, because if we can't love our seniors, we can't respect our seniors, and we can't care for our seniors, we shouldn't be in this business in the first place. That's, that's amazing, Mohit. So, uh, guys, today, today we were interacting with Mohit and we got to learn a lot from uh, uh, his work career, his choices, and the kind of advices he gave us. So, uh, Mohit, anything that you would like to summarize in this? Actually, I really enjoyed talking to you, Ishesh. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I, I really uh, don't have much gyan to share other than what I've already said to you. I'm, I'm grateful for the questions you've asked that have allowed me to share uh, some parts of my life. I'm sorry I couldn't share one part, but that's a really painful part of me, which I don't like to talk about at all. Uh, other than that, I hope uh, it's been useful for you and for your listeners. It has been amazing talking to you, Mohit. I hope the listeners find it really useful. And guys, we'll be back with another episode of The Lejak Show. Stay tuned.